mama as well. So I want my mama to stand this morning. If my mother would stand, would you give her a round of applause, amen, for raising such a handsome and humble son as your pastor, amen. At this time, I'd like for my father to be escorted up on stage. I'd also like for a seat of honor to be brought in for him today. Come on, guys. It's hard to get good help these days. <laughs> Dad, this is your seat of honor today. But I'm the preacher today, all right? (laughs) This morning I want to honor my father. The Bible tells us in uh, Exodus. Actually, it's Deuteronomy. Maybe you do need to preach today. Deuteronomy chapter number 5 and verse number 16 says to honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you. And if you do, here's a promise, your days may be long and that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Also over in the book of uh, Proverbs chapter number 1, Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 8. The wisdom writer writes and he says, My son, hear the instruction of your father. Hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. For they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. And I think that's talking about a necklace, not about the other kind of chain, all right? This morning I want to talk for just a few minutes today about what my father taught me. Now I picked out six things. I could pick out 60 things, but we don't have time for that this morning. And everybody said, praise the Lord. (laughs) So six things that I learned from my father. These are just six of many, many things. Not all that my father taught me, but all the time will allow. First of all, this morning, my father taught me how to work hard. My father taught me how to work hard. My father has always been a hard worker. Dad was always bivocational when I was growing up. Um, He pastored small churches, uh, worked in construction, mostly in the drywall business. Dad didn't just work hard, but he had a good attitude towards work. He he never used the phrase, I have to go to work. I can never remember in my entire life ever hearing my father complain about work and about having to go to work. And he wouldn't let his sons complain either. He would never allow us to say that we have to go to work, but we always had to say we, we get to go to work. Because he was always thankful to God because God would provide work for us so that we could work, so that we could have money to pay the bills and live our life. 
Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 7, Work with enthusiasm, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. And I can tell you that my father always worked with enthusiasm. He would be all the way to work. And, and there were times when he would get us up at 4 o'clock in the morning and we would drive two, three, four hours to the job site. And on the way to work, my father would be singing. And then we would work all day long in construction work. And all the way home, we could hear my father singing. Dad is now 80 years old and he and mother still own and operate a flower shop. They work five days a week at the flower shop. And it's only been this year that finally I talked them into the world would not come to an end if they took off on Saturday. And so now they take off Saturday unless there's special work to be done. At the age of 14, my dad took me to work with him in his drywall business and, and taught, me the, taught me the trade. And it was this drywall trade that sustained me and my wife financially for the first 10 years of our marriage and ministry. And the work ethic that my father taught me, the work ethic that he taught me when I was growing up as a child, as a kid at home, is the work ethic that I have also brought to the ministry and in working for the Lord. Another thing that my father taught me was, he taught me how to be a giver. From the time that I received my first dollar in allowance to my first job as a shine boy, and then a paper boy, and, and then finally in my father's drywall business, and now in ministry, I have tithed and I have given offerings my entire life. There has never been a time in my entire life that I didn't tithe or give offerings. I learned this from my father. My father built churches. He remodeled churches. He built parsonages and remodeled parsonages all over the state of Oklahoma. He would raise the money from the congregation and then him and his wife and his sons would do all the work. And that always led the way in giving. I have personally built three churches. I have built four additions to churches. I have paid off three mortgages for churches. And each and every time I have led the way in giving because this is what I learned from my father. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, uh, to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. And the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. The third thing I learned from my father was how to love my wife. To my father, the sun rises and sets on that lady right there. Never one time have I ever questioned my father's unconditional love for his wife, my mother. After 63 years of marriage and at the age of 80, my father's eyes still light up every time my mother enters the room. She is his entire world. 
I've never seen my father ever look at another woman in an inappropriate manner. I've never heard my father ever say anything out of the way about another woman. And if you were to say, that's a good looking woman over there, he'd say, I think your mom is good looking. My father's always treated my mother with love and respect and honor. He brings her coffee in bed in the mornings. He's always shown her affection in front of us kids. In fact, there's been a time or two I have wanted to say, get a room! Dad would never stand for us kids to sass or talk back or disrespect our mother in any way. And if we did, we'd find ourselves on the floor with swollen lips. Dad was always careful to honor mother's feelings and consider her desires before making a decision. Mom and dad were always a team. And people knew it. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. The fourth thing that I learned from my father. My father taught me how to be a man of integrity. A man of integrity. My father has always been a man of his word. If my father said it, you can take it to the bank. If my father said that he would be there at 3 o'clock at 2.45, he was there. If he wasn't going to be there by 3 o'clock, he would, he would call. He would get the news. He was always there when he said he was going to be there. My dad always paid his bills. There, there was never one time, not one bill collector ever called our home. Dad always made sure that the bills were paid. My father lived what he preached. I'm 55 years old. I have never, not even one time in 55 years of living, never one time have I ever heard my father use a swear word or even get close to it. Because, yeah. You know, we were raised, we were raised where, you know, you didn't even use what they called back in, in the day, by words, you know. We, we couldn't say gee or golly or gosh or dern or dang or any of those things. And I can't believe I just said them. I hope I don't get in trouble after church. I might get my mouth washed out with soap. I mean, my dad, I, I mean, I'm telling you, he wouldn't, he, he wouldn't even come close to a swear word. Funny story, one time my dad was remodeling a church. And he had some ash plywood in the back of his pickup. And he needs some gas. And so he goes to the gas station in the little town where he pastored this little church at. He's getting gas. And it starts to sprinkle. And my dad says to the service station attendant, I, I better go, i got to get my ash out of the rain. Ash, A-S-H. I got to get my ash out of the rain. 
He got in his pickup. He went to the church. He unloaded the dash plywood out of his pickup. And then he thought about what he said. And he thought, I wonder if that guy at the service station, who I know well, he knows I'm the pastor of the Assembly of God Church, I wonder if he understood what I said. So he got back in his pickup and he went back to the service station. And he told the fellow, he said, you know, five minutes ago I was here and I told you I've got to hurry up and get out of here. I've got to get my ash out of the rain. He said, I had ash plywood in the back of my pickup. I didn't want it to get ruined, so I had to get my ash, A-S-H, out of the rain. My father was, and he is today, a man of integrity. If he discovers the cashier at the grocery store gave him 72 cents, too much change back, nothing doing, dad's going back to the grocery store and giving the 72 cents back. That's not his. If dad accidentally misspeaks while he's, while he's preaching and he says something took five hours and he's preaching along there and 15 minutes later he realizes he said five hours and it was really only four hours and 45 minutes. He'll go all the way back to 15 minutes ago and correct it because he wants it to be right. Why? He's a man of integrity. Proverbs 20 and 7 says the righteous man walks in his integrity and his children are blessed. After him. In 55 years of my life, I've never known, not even one time, never known my father to tell a lie. I've never one time in 55 years of my life ever known my father to cheat. I mean, he won't even go one mile over the speed limit when he's driving. If it's 55, it's 55. If it's 65, it's 65. Not 66 or 67. I gotta tell this story on him. I mean, dad's 80 years old. They live in a town of about a thousand people. He did grow up in Oklahoma City, so he does know a little bit about traffic, but even Oklahoma City is nothing to compare with Dallas. But dad's 80 years old and he is living in a little town of a thousand and yet he will still drive to see us here in Dallas. I think that's pretty awesome. And one day I asked my father, I said, Dad, I said, how, you ma- how did you make it in driving? Because he was driving during traffic. I said, how did you make it? He said, I did pretty good, son. He said, I just got in my lane and I didn't, you know, I didn't veer to the right or left. I just kept my, you know, eyes on the wheel and, and, and ahead of me and I just stayed in my lane. And Dad said, I almost got in that HIV lane. I said, no, Dad, don't get in the HIV lane. The HIV lane is deadly. Don't ever get in the HIV lane. (laughs) Never know my father to tell a dirty joke. He's a man of integrity. The fifth thing that I learned from my father, I learned how to humble myself. Although my father was a very hardworking man who always provided well for his family, my father was never uh, taught by his father how to show affection to his kids. 
my father's father, my grandpa, my dad's dad would cuss him and, and kick him as a little boy growing up. And didn't show him any affection. And so my father never uh, showed a lot of uh, affection uh, to us kids. But uh, he didn't kick us. He didn't cuss us. He treated us well. But he just, uh, he didn't know how. He was never taught how to openly express affection to his children. But I'll never forget one certain Christmas. It's been over 30 years ago now. All of my family were gathered together on Christmas Day. It was mom and dad, my sister and her family, my two brothers and their families, my me and my wife and our two children, all all of the Benson family were all gathered together for, for Christmas Day. We were going to have Christmas dinner. We were going to open presents. We were going to spend the day on Christmas Day. And it was time for us to read the Christmas story and pass out the gifts. And I'll never forget my father stood up and he addressed his family. And with tears running down his face, my my father said, I want everyone here to know that if I've ever hurt you, I'm sorry. I want all of my children here today to know that I love each and every one of you and that I'm proud of each and every one of you. And, and I, I want to apologize to you that, that I, I, I didn't show you the, and demonstrate to you the love and the affection, uh, that you probably knew, that you needed. And I didn't know how to do it. My dad didn't do it to me. I didn't know how to do it. And I, I just want to apologize to you, but I want to affirm you today. I want all of my children to know that I love you. And, and that I affirm you today and that I am sorry that, that I didn't when you were growing up. Well, my father on his tallest day is only five foot nine. He's probably about five six now. But my father on his tallest day was only five foot nine. But I want to tell you that 30 plus years ago, when my father stood in front of his own, his home family, uh, and he apologized and he affirmed his family, I want to tell you that day, my father, to me in my eyes, was ten feet tall. Come on, church. James 4 and 10 says to humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. What my father teach me, the sixth thing my father taught me was how to protect my kids. My father taught me how to protect my kids. Now my pastor was a, uh, when our, my father was a pastor when I was growing up. I know you'll never believe this, but church people don't always act like they appear they act on Sunday morning. Not everybody in the church treats the pastor with love and respect and honor. But my parents never talked bad about their church members in front of us kids. They never aired out church problems. And and I know that they had church problems. And I know some of those problems now. But when I was a kid growing up, I didn't have a clue we had any problems in the church. I didn't have any a clue about what church really was. I, I thought everybody was a saint. I thought everybody was on the team. I thought everybody loved my mom and dad. They never aired out church problems around us kids. 
And there were church people that hurt my father and my mother. Church people hurt the preacher sometimes. And there were church people that hurt my father and hurt my mother. There were church people who, who actually works that worked against their ministry and worked against the vision that they had for the church. Not only did they not go along with it, there were people that worked against it. And there were church people that disappointed mom and dad. And I know you won't believe it, but there were some church people that were downright mean. Vicious. Against mom and dad. But us kids never knew it. As far as we knew, everybody in the church were perfect saints. Because my parents never ever spoke evil of the people in the church. They never aired their hurt and their pain and their anger. They never aired that in front of us kids. You see, my father, my father, he didn't want his kids to grow up being bitter towards the church. He wanted us to have a good taste in our mouth towards church and towards the people of the church. And so because of that, my father and my mother protected their kids. Hear me, moms and dads, learn this valuable lesson this morning. And whether you, let me just say that I'm saying it for your benefit, not for mine. Listen, friend, you cannot constantly criticize the pastor and the leadership of the church in front of your kids and then expect them to grow up loving the church. Protect your kids. If you want them to grow up loving the church, if you want them to grow up respecting the ministry, then you need to model before them a spirit of cooperation. Oh, they ought to hear you verbalize your, uh, uh, your support of the, of the, of the pastor and the, and the, and the staff and the team. They need to hear positive things about the church coming out of your mouth. You see, if they hear one thing at home and then they hear you speak the opposite at church, oh, you can't do that and expect them to want to come to church and want them to serve the Lord and have a good taste in their mouth about the ministry and the minister. And let me tell you this morning, they will start rebelling as teenagers. Both of my kids are involved in full-time ministry. My wife and I, we didn't cry the blues about ministry in front of them. I didn't say we never cried the blues. We knew who to cry the blues to. Some other pastor. Or our parents. Or some trusted individual that we could... Yeah, sometimes we do cry the blues just like you cry the blues. But we didn't cry the blues to our son. We didn't cry the blues to our daughter. We didn't talk about church members in a negative way. Even when someone hurt us, even when someone disappointed us, even when someone angered us. Pastor, you ever get angry? Yeah, the Bible says to be angry, so I'm, I'm biblical. <laughs> the Bible says be angry and sin not. It's not anger that's sin, it's how you handle your anger. We presented a positive view of the church, a positive view of ministry to our children. I learned this from my father. All right, I've given you six things this morning that I've learned from my father. Six things that my father taught me. Now I want to talk a little bit about 
Some of the things I had to learn on my own. Before I put this message together, I run it by my wife and I said, Honey, the last thing I want to do, I want to honor my parents. The last thing I want to do is hurt them. I said, Should I say these things? And she said, Sure, your father will be glad that you learned these things. So if you don't like it, it's her fault. (laughs) And I know what you think of her, so I think I'm pretty safe, yeah. Some things I had to learn on my You see, nobody's perfect, not even my father. Nobody gets it all right. We all have our strengths and we all have our weaknesses. Some things I learned from my father, a whole lot of things that I learned from my father, but there are some things that my father didn't teach me, he couldn't teach me, but I had to learn on my own. And so I want to share them this morning because the things that I learned from my father, I can pass on to you and they can be a blessing to you, dads. And then the things that I've learned also I can pass on to you and it can help you in your relationship with your kids. But the first thing I'd like to talk about this morning that I, this, I didn't learn this from my father. I had to learn this on my own and that is I had to learn how to play. I had to learn how to play. You see, fun wasn't very high on my father's priority list. <laughs> we were taught to work. And work hard. And then you're to go home and rest. So that you can get up the next morning and work hard again. And my father always pastored small churches that didn't pay us very much. And so my father would, he would take his three boys and, and off we'd go to work and drywall. And we would work all summer long hanging drywall. And all my friends were out playing all summer. I was working. For vacation, we'd go somewhere and work. (laughs) Christmas vacation, back in the day, we got two weeks off of school, Christmas vacation. We went somewhere, got a motel, somewhere in another city, and worked. I think we worked probably almost every Christmas Eve, and there's a few Christmas mornings that I remember working as a kid. For vacation, we'd go off somewhere and work. And hear me this morning, I'm very grateful to my father for instilling in me a good work ethic. And the only way that my wife and I made it in our early days of marriage and early days of ministry was the fact that my my dad taught me a trade and my dad taught me how to work hard. I didn't sit around in my little churches when I was first pastoring and whine and cry because I only got $15 in the offering and I can't live off of that and call all my preacher friends and talk about how bad the church is. They're not taking care of me. No, I went out somewhere and got me a job. I went somewhere and worked. Made up the difference. My father had a wife. He had a house full of kids. He had to work hard in order to support his family. But listen, friend, life is more than hard work. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 18 says, It is good and is fitting for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy. Say enjoy. And enjoy the good of all his labor in which he toils under the sun. John 10 and 10, the Amplified Bible, Jesus said, I came that you might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance and have it until the fall and have it until it overflows. 
Oh yes, friend, we ought to work. Paul said if we don't work, we don't deserve to eat. But we should also take time to play. And kids love it when daddy takes time to play with them. Some of my favorite and fondest memories as a dad is the times me and my family went on vacations together. And we didn't go work. We went and played. We worked hard year round, but for a couple of weeks we went and we played. We went and we spent time together. We went and had a good time. Some of the greatest memories as a dad is the times when I went out and I played catch with my son. And, and oh, I, I used to play catch with him and I, and I would catch him. He was a pitcher and until he could throw it about 85 miles an hour, I would catch him. And then I couldn't quite catch those 85 mile an hour pitches. So we just had to play catch then. And the times that I went to his baseball games and the times that I stood behind the umpire and told him how dumb he was. <laughs> and the times that, that I would go out and watch my son go 20 feet in the air on his bike as he did stunts on his half-pipe bike ramp that I built him. I still can't believe that I built him a half-pipe and he would go as fast as he could and go way up in the air and flip that bike around and come back down. He taught me better than that, Dad. I don't know. How I let him do that, I don't know. Or the times that I cheered my daughter in gymnastics, or, or as if she was a cheerleader, or the basketball games that she played, the volleyball, the softball, all of those times we spent together, our vacation times. Oh, I'll never forget the time that we all went to Disneyland in the Los Angeles. And I heard that song, It's a Small World After All. I heard that for three months in my sleep afterwards. All the times that we would run through the house and we would run through our house and we would have fun. And when I would come home from work, my, it was just a ritual that as they heard dad drive up in the driveway or in the garage and he, or he heard the door slam, that my son and my daughter would run to me and, and, and they would jump into my arms and I would throw them over my, over my shoulder like a sack of potato, potatoes and I would say, sack of taters, sack of taters, and I'd swirl them around. And they loved it. And one day I did it to my wife. And the kids loved it. But my wife didn't like that too good. My father taught me how to work hard. I had to learn how to play. Dads, make sure you take time to play with your kids. Another thing I had to learn on my own, I had to learn how to laugh. I had to learn how to laugh. Because my father was always serious when we were growing up. I mean, he had a crew to run. He had a church to pastor. He had a church building or a parsonage to rebuild. Or to, or to build. Dad didn't have time for jokes. He didn't have time for pranks. No time for jesting. We got work to do. And when the sanguine fun side of me would come out, Dad would say, that's a bunch of foolishness. <laughs> we ain't got time for that nonsense. <laughs> but Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 and 4 says, to everything, say everything. To everything there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to weep and, 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 a time to laugh. 
We fathers need to learn how to chill out a little bit, not to be quite so serious. There is a time to be serious, huh? but there's also a time to laugh. There's also a time to have fun. And I guarantee you, dads, that that the times that your kids will remember most and with the fondest memories will be those times when dad took time to laugh, when dad took time to be silly and playful, oh, when dad took time to let the little kid that's on the inside of all of us, to let that little kid out and let let the kids see the little kid inside of dad. Remember the times when dad rode the roller coaster with them or the time that dad ate the food from the Easy Bake Oven. Oh yes, dads, we should teach our kids how to work hard. We ought to teach our kids how to be responsible citizens, but we should teach them how to enjoy life too, how to, how to laugh and have fun. And let me tell you that the same dad that used to tell me that's a lot of foolishness. Today, if my father hears a funny story, he'll tell my mother, help me remember that story because I need to call Mike. He'd like that story. He'd probably even use it in one of his sermons. You see, it's never too late to learn. Even though my father's 80 years old, he's still learning, he's still growing. And Proverbs 9 and 9 says to instruct the wise, and he'll even be wiser. And teach the righteous, and they will learn even more. The last thing I'd like to talk to you this morning about what I had to learn on my own. I had to learn how to stay. I had to learn how to stay. Because, see, Bensons are, are great goers, aren't we? Hmm? Bensons are great goers. They'll go anywhere. A Benson will go anywhere. A Benson will take any assignment. For a Benson, there's no job too big and ain't no job too small. And all you got to do to get something done is just tell a Benson it can't be, get done, and a Benson will get it done. And I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you the fact. We're great goers. Our problem is we're not good stayers. Once we get something built, once we get something remodeled, once we get something back on its feet, once we get something stable that's been unstable, Off we go to find another challenge. I lived at home for 17 years. I was 17 years old when I got married, so I lived at home for 17 years. In the 17 years I lived at home, we moved 14 times. 14 times in 17 years. My dad pastored seven churches in those 17 years. And half the time we weren't pastoring. We were in between. It took me a long time to learn the value of staying. You see, I not only want to build buildings and build congregations. And people used to tell me, you're a builder, Benson. And I'd always tell them no, because that's what my dad was. And I didn't want to be that. 
Not because I, because of my dad was, just I didn't want to be that. And after about church number four, I had to say, I guess I'm a builder. <laughs> but I not only want to build buildings, I not only want to build congregations, I also want to build people. I want to build people. And it takes longer to build people than it does to build a congregation or a building. I don't know if I will or not. Because I think probably when we get to heaven, it's just going to be so awesome and so incredible and so unbelievable that we're not going to have any questions, probably. But if I do have any question when I get to heaven, I think the question that I will ask God is, where should I have stayed? Where in my ministry, where should I have stayed? Where should I have stayed longer? Where did I leave too soon? Now, I'm pretty sure about one place, about 99 and 9 tenths percent sure about one place, and then there's one or two others I'm not sure about. Oh, of course, I always said it was God's will for me to leave, and I always thought it was. But here's what I have learned. When we want to go, when we want to go, it's much easier for us to hear what we think God is telling us. If we want to go, it's pretty easy to hear God say go. It's much easier to hear what we think is God if He's telling us what we want to hear. But I want to assure you this morning, because I don't want anybody too happy or too sad today, all right? So let me assure you that I have learned the lesson. So don't get too excited. Or don't get too sad, whichever one you want, the way you feel. I have learned my lesson. I have learned the value of staying. I'm not going anywhere. I've asked God for 20 years here. It's only been seven. Got 13, at least 13 more. Not planning on going anywhere. We're just getting started. I have learned the value of staying. And by the way, my father has also learned that lesson. They have owned and operated a flower shop in the same little town now for over 18 years. That's a miracle. Because <laughs> they've been married 63 years and moved how many times, Dad? 60? Did you tell me 60 or were you jesting? 60 times? 63 years of marriage, 60 different houses. Apartments, whatever. Yeah, they lived in a chicken coop one time when they first got married. He 
took them a long, long time to learn this lesson, but finally, finally they have learned this lesson. They've owned and operated a flower shop the same town for over 18 years now. They've become the town pastor. Pastors from those little ta- in those little towns come and go every six months to two years. Mom and dad have been there now 18 years. They, I told you this recently, but they preach, I think, at every church in town, including the Church of Christ. People from every church come into mom and dad's flower shop, not just to buy flowers, not just to buy gifts, but they come in there for counsel and they come in there for prayer. And they have become the town pastor and now have influence over an entire, an entire town. But it didn't happen in a day and it didn't happen in a week and it didn't happen in a month and it didn't happen in a year. But because of 18 years of hard work and 18 years of dedication and 18 years of fleshing out the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, they have influence on the entire little town. This morning, my dad's 80 years old. It's Father's Day. He may live 10, 15 more years. Who knows? He may be gone this time next year. You don't know. You're 80 years old. I want to take this time this morning to publicly honor my father. Thank you, Dad. I love you. It is Father's Day today, and we're going to honor all of our fathers. I'd like to have all of our fathers this morning, please, would you come forward and stand around the front this morning and down the sides of the church this morning as we just honor all of our fathers. Whether you are a member of this church or this is your first time ever to come in, we want to honor you today. We want to honor all of our fathers.